Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 58 of Hashtag No Filter. Today's episode is my solo therapy episode. I know I mentioned this a long time ago and I just have not gotten around to recording it and I finally am. I know this is a hot topic. I understand why it's a hot topic and I am thrilled to be shedding a little more light on this hot topic. Um, I am alone in my house right now Matthew's out of town for a couple days. I have my wine next to me, Josh Chardonnay, not sponsored at all, but I would love Josh to sponsor me. So Josh, if you're listening, the Josh people, get in touch with your girl. Uh, But no, really, Josh Chardonnay is probably one of my very favorite Chardonnays. It's very affordable and it's just a great, like, it's a great bottle of wine to have in the house for like everyday drinking wine. Not that I'm promoting drinking every day, although, I mean, let's be honest, it's a great thing if you do that responsibly. And I just always, it's like that one Chardonnay that no matter what, it's always great. And that's what I'm drinking right now. So I'm drinking wine. I'm alone in the house. I have locked all the doors. Anyway, so let's get into this episode. Uh, For a little bit of a history, for a little kind of synopsis of what this episode is going to be about. Well, yes, obviously therapy in a nutshell. I had asked you guys what episode what you would want to hear from me about on in terms of solo episodes I mean talking into the microphone to no one else is like not I mean look I could talk for hours I could talk all day I could talk to a wall I'm essentially talking to a wall right now uh but I I want to make sure it's on topics that people want to hear about because I don't want to just be chatting into the abyss Um, but anyway, so when I gave a bunch of topics as ideas, one of them was therapy and that got a lot of responses and I totally understand why. So for this episode, I'm going to start with a little background about my history with therapy when I started going to therapy, why I originally went to therapy and where I am currently with therapy. And then I'm going to just get straight into your questions. You had a lot of questions. I don't think I'm going to be able to answer all of them because, um, they're not like one word answers. And I also don't want to be talking your ear off for like hours. Um, but I'm happy to do a second part to this episode. I'm more than happy to do that if that's wanted, but I am going to answer a good amount of the questions. And I think that's how this episode's going to go. I just think Q and a style might be the best. Um, given the fact that there were a bunch of questions, if there weren't, then I would just kind of chat with you about what I think you'd be interested in hearing. Okay. I'm gonna take a sip of my wine because 
And and if you're listening to this, not driving or, you know, somewhere where you can't drink or if you're under 21, don't do this. But if you are above the age of 21 or if you're 21 and over and you're home and you're not driving, let's all take a sip of wine together. Okay. One, two, three. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. God, I love Chardonnay. I love wine. Anyway. Okay. Let's start. So therapy and me. I first went to therapy for my very first time. I think this is right. At least it's the time that stands out. So I'm going with it. I don't think it was prior to this, but it was in, I'm going to leave out cities and names because I'm sure that can bite me in the ass. But it was, um, it was in 2009. Yeah. 2009 or 2010. So no, 2009. Yeah. So 10 years ago, a decade, I've been going to therapy on and off, let's say for a decade. I first went to a psychiatrist, actually, not just a therapist. I'm talking the MD here. Uh, went to her because I went through, I was going through a very bad breakup. Um, take the worst breakup you can imagine or that you've been through and maybe multiply that by 10. Uh, it totally fucked me up, rocked me to my core. Um, it was bad. It was traumatic. It was awful. It was a dark time for me. Um, so during this time, and I'm not going to go into details about that breakup right now um, because I'm not, but uh, just it was a very bad breakup. It was a very bad time. So during that time, I went to a therapist, or sorry, psychiatrist. Um, and the reason for that well, was several fold. Uh, one being because I was going through this time and really um, not in a good place. Like I was in a very dark place. Uh, two, I broke out in hives. Like I had experienced anxiety before in a different way. Like I had had a couple panic panic attacks before um, when I had moved to a new city, you know, where they sent, where I went to the ER because I thought I was dying and it was really just a panic attack. And my heart rate never went down because you're literally sitting in the fucking ER where like trauma patients are coming in and my heart rate just keeps increasing. So they need like a special area for those panic attack situations that is calming, not the fucking ER with people bleeding out of their, uh, out of every orifice. Anyway, um, so I'd had a couple panic attacks, maybe two, three. Um, and then I'd had anxiety on and off, whatever. During this breakup, it wasn't even so much panic feelings. It was more just an overall, obviously I was in a bad way, depressed and all that. But in terms of anxiety, it was more of like, um, just like an overall feeling of anxiety. I was nauseous every day. Um, but it was different than the anxiety that I would say I, I get now. I'm in grants I'm medicine now, but I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to exactly explain. Um, but one of the symptoms of my anxiety at the time were hives. I remember vividly sitting at my desk in my room in the city in which I was living at the time. Um, and all of a sudden I just started getting welts on my leg and I'm not talking like mosquito bite size, little like mosquito bite size. I'm talking welts that covered my entire leg, both legs, bad. And I, it was bad. So between that and just how I was generally feeling about everything, going to see a psychiatrist was um, recommended and I, I felt I wanted to as well. 
Anyway, so I go to the psychiatrist. That was my first time basically going to um, a psychiatrist. Uh, she prescribed me Klonopin. I did not take it because <laughs> for a while, my a lot of my anxiety had to, uh, like I had anxiety about taking the anxiety medicine because I was anxious about what would happen if I took the anxiety medicine. Anxious people, I know some of you relate to this right now. I know people that don't are like, you are fucking batshit crazy. What the F are you talking about? I don't know why I just said F. I've said fuck seven times already. I have no idea why I just said F that time. But anyway, you um, you get what I'm talking about. So I, but I continued to go to her. Um, things got really, like, again, I was in a dark place. It was a bad time. When I went back, I think I was living in New York at the time. I was going back to New York. That's where my family lived at the time. So I went back to the city and I saw a couple different doctors there um, because I was in a really bad way and no one really, there was no like diagnosis. There was no, it was like, okay, she had a bad breakup and things went a little really south, like south, south, like the most south you could go, would that be, what, what the fuck is that, Antarctica? That's that's how south it went. And so I guess, and, and it was just bad. So I went to a couple different doctors. I did a bunch of these, t- I even did like fucking ink blot testing. Have you ever done that? Um, a bunch of shit. I'm not going to get into all the details right now. But lo and behold, they couldn't find anything, quote, wrong with me. Um, they said it was a bad breakup and it, they didn't, they didn't say it fucked me up. I'm using the word fuck because I love that word. Um, but that's really what it was. They like, that is what they chalked it up to. Anyway, bottom line is I'd gone to a couple different therapists, psychiatrists during this time. So I'd started with therapy over 10 years ago, or I guess 10 years ago. Um, and then on and off I went, um, once I got through that terrible time in my life, um, I still went and saw a therapist on and off. I mean, I would go probably a year or two, maybe not seeing a therapist at all, but then there would be times where I'd see a therapist maybe every other week. Hold on more wine. See, when I have a guest on the podcast, while I'm, while they're talking, I can drink. But because it's just me, you're just going to have to wait. So, um, okay. So fast forward a little bit. That was my first stint with therapy. Fast forward. I guess when I started going consistently, well, there've been a couple different times, but the most consistent I've been is the past several years for sure. Uh, when I first moved to Houston or really it was the third time living in Houston. So when I moved back to Houston, for that third time, like when I moved back, you know, when Matthew and I reconnected and I moved back there after I was living in New York, um, I had really bad anxiety again, borderline panic attacks, but not panic attacks. Uh, but at this time is when I saw a psychiatrist in Houston and she prescribed me Zoloft. I finally took it and it changed my life. So I've been on Zoloft now, uh, for those that don't know, Zoloft is an anti-anxiety medication. I think it also might treat depression, but obviously if you don't suffer from depression, it's not treating the depression and if you, if you only suffer from depression and not anxiety, I guess it's only treating the, the, the depression, if you know what I'm saying. So for me, it's anxiety. So, and I might have not just explained that correctly. So any doctors out there, feel free to correct me. And uh, so I've been taking that Zola for what, seven years now? No, maybe, uh, six, six years now. And it changed my life. It changed my life tenfold. And anyone who I know who has taken that, and I actually know several people, a lot, m- of my friends are on anti-anxiety medication. Um, So if you're on it, don't feel like you're alone. But I would say um, everyone that I know who is on it or something similar, they have the same feelings as I do. It's, I can't believe I didn't take it sooner. It's like, if you have Advil, you take a, if you have, geez, I've had two sips. If you've had, if you have a headache, you take Advil. If you have anxiety, you take Zoloft. Like that in my mind, that's what I think. Um, 
So now, and then I found my therapist in Houston, Stephanie, who I've talked about a million times and referred a lot of you to, <laughs> or a lot of you've asked me for her information. I don't know if you've gone to her. Uh, and, and I've been, and I was going, you know, pretty consistently myself. And then I brought in Matthew and we went to couples therapy very consistently for about a year, maybe a little less than a year. Um, and now uh, Matthew and I do not currently go to couples therapy, but we're going to pick it back up, I'm sure, soon because I think it's a great thing. But I do talk to Stephanie, um, even though I'm not in Houston right now. We have weekly, weekly, usually every week. Sometimes it'll end up being every other, but usually every week, like 30-minute phone sessions. Uh, and I don't know what I would do without that. So in a nutshell, in a 10-minute nutshell, that is, uh, that is my um, my background with therapy. When I started going to therapy, what I'm currently doing in terms of therapy, and it's talk therapy, if you're wondering, it's... Um, that's what Stephanie and I do. I have tried a couple other things. At one point, I did one session, I think, maybe two, of EMDR. I tried to do that for flying at one point. I did RTT, which is rapid transformational therapy, one session of it to try to do that that for flying. <laughs> um, clearly, none of that helped, but at least I fly. So anyway, I've tried a bunch of shit, and I've read up on a bunch of shit, and I'm all about it. So Oh, and I've also uh, worked with a life coach very Briefly, I think life coaching is great, but therapy um, is was more for me. Anyway, so that's where I am in terms of therapy. Now, I guess we should get into your questions because that was a long fucking intro. Hopefully that wasn't too boring, but I wanted you to understand where I came from. But bottom line is I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I think everyone could benefit from therapy, even if you think you don't have, quote, issues. Spoiler alert. You probably do, and you'll uncover those in therapy. But even if you really don't have anything you think you want to talk about with a therapist, I think it is so beneficial to go, even for maintenance, for you individually, or you if you're in a couple, in a partnership. I, I, I cannot speak highly. I, I cannot um, praise therapy more. Like, I, I, it was just, it changed my life, and it's currently still changing my life. It changed my marriage. It saved my marriage, actually. And I'm not, I know a lot of you asked about more details about my marriage and like what we went through because I was very open about us um, almost separating. And then I was living in, back in New York for a little while and all this stuff and how, how we're great now, like better than ever and all due to therapy. I'm not going to get into those details right now. I will at some point, but out of respect for my husband and our other family involved, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's the, I don't really feel comfortable or, I mean, Obviously, I'm an open book. I would share anything, but out of respect for others, I'm not going to go you know, into details about that right now. But bottom line, therapy saved our marriage, hands down, and uh, we are so grateful for it. So let's get into your questions. Oh, this is fun. Okay. The, que the first question is, how important is it to you to know details about your therapist's life? Uh, okay. For me personally, I don't uh, I'd actually prefer not to know details. I'm a very empathetic person and I can take on people's, um, people's not emotions, but uh, their feelings. Like if they're going through something and I know what's going on and they're having a really hard time, let's say I will feel for them in such a way where it can affect me. Um, and I know empathy's, I know empathy's a great thing. I sometimes think I'm empathetic to where it's a fault, because I take on other people's kind of, I guess, pain, if you will. Uh, so I guess with that being said, if I knew the details of my therapist's life, I feel like I, not that I would look at her differently, but I might feel a certain way or I might be a little more guarded about what I would say, not because I think she would judge me, 
because I know she never would, but because if I knew, let's say, for example, she had gone through a separation or, or I don't even know what I'm, this is all hypothetical. Um, and I was talking about it a certain way, but I knew she went through it. So I assume she felt a certain way. I don't know. I just think in my head, I would probably make up stories or just be a little, um, different than if, I didn't know anything. I, I, I don't know if that exactly makes sense, but I guess bottom line to answer the question, I, it's not important to me to know details. Um, I do just because I've been seeing Stephanie for a while, I do know some things about her life, but by no means do I know details and I don't ask. I don't think it's appropriate. Um, actually, it's interesting. Therapists, I, I, I need to ask Stephanie actually what, I'm sure it's the same thing, but when I had my psychiatrist, the one who prescribed me the Zoloft, who I still go to like, you know, once, twi- twice a year to like check on the medicine and everything. I had invited her to my book party back in 2015 and she came. But when I was at the appointment before the book party, I was like, can you like, I I'm such a hugger. Like, can I hug you when I see you? And she said something like, I can't be the one to go up to you in public, but if you go up to me, then yes, that's fine. So I don't know if that's because like, let's say I wasn't comfortable and I wasn't an open book and I didn't want people to know I was going to therapy and she came up to me and I had to introduce her to my friends and maybe that's why I have no idea. But, um, I don't know. What was my point there? So yeah, I'd actually rather not know details about my therapist's life, not because I don't care, but because, um, she's my therapist and I just, I don't think it's, it would be beneficial to know details of her life. Although I did once ask Stephanie if she wanted to come like get drinks or something, I think, or like there was something and I mentioned like her meeting out or, I mean, obviously she politely declined. Okay. Next question. How do you figure out what you want to go to therapy about? How, so like, how do you figure out what, like why you want to go to therapy or what you would want to go specifically for? Um, obviously if you have a specific you know, issue or problem or something you want to discuss and an objective opinion and a sounding board for, um, you would go for that specific thing. If you don't have something specific or, 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 and, or it might not be something specific, but it could be an overall feeling. So maybe you've been a little down or a little blah or work's really getting to you, or these are such like just made up bullshit things right now, but I'm just giving little quick examples, or you're maybe like feeling a little, I don't know, insecure with your friendships. I don't know. And you go for more of like an overall feeling of insecurity or an overall feeling of maybe blahness or something, then uh, maybe that could be why you go. Or you might not even have something specific to go about, like to go and talk about. And sometimes I think that's even that's the best because you go and so much will get uncovered. Therapists have this way of getting things out of you that you didn't even know you necessarily felt, or if you knew you felt it, you didn't know how to articulate it. And at least for me with Stephanie, I will say a jumbled mess of words that make no sense. They make sense to me because I can't, I know what I'm trying to say. I just don't know how to communicate it. And she somehow gets it and articulates it back to me in a way that is just like how the hell did you understand what I just said? I mean, it's, I, I call her magic. Actually. I think she's a magician. I really do. Um, so you could go, you don't have to figure out what you want to go for. You really could just go and say, you know, you don't know if you have something specific to talk about. They'll ask you the questions about your familial, you know, your, your family history and background, your upbringing. Um, if you're in a relationship about the partner, if you're not in a relationship, maybe about if you're dating someone about them, um, or if you're not in a relationship, just things about you and maybe people you've dated in the past or your friends. And they will ask you all the questions and trust me, there will be things to talk about. Just trust me. If you're an adult listening to this, you've lived at least a couple decades, you have things to talk about. 
Uh, next, what style therapy do you partake in? Um, I think I mentioned this actually a little in when I was explaining my background of therapy, it's talk therapy. Um, I honestly can't even speak much to CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I've heard great things uh, and maybe there's part of that that I do. I honestly, I don't know enough about it, but mine's talk therapy and I fucking love it. Um, next, how do you find a good therapist? The way I found Stephanie is actually, was actually through one of my best friends, uh, who went to her, I guess went slash goes to her and she found her through Facebook. And I don't know the details of that, but I know it wasn't in a Facebook group or anything. I think it was literally scrolling her feed and someone mentioned her as like a great therapist, but something very random like that. Obviously that might not be the norm that people are posting on Facebook, their therapist. I mean, maybe they are. Uh, I would say, so I believe you can go to psychologytoday.com and you can most, or I would say most, if not all therapists have pages on there. So you can like look up what they're all about. I don't know if there are reviews on them for not or not or ratings or anything, but there's information about them. There's also, if you Google, um, I did this actually for a dietitian. If you Google how to find best dietitian or how to find a dietitian, a website came up where there are ratings and reviews. And I think that's the same for therapists. So you can go to, there are websites where you can literally Google and find that. You can also ask your PCP your, or if you have a PCP primary care physician, um, you know, your, your, your doctor, if they have a referral, you could ask your, if you, uh, your gynecologist, I mean, any of your doctors you could ask. I personally think uh, referral is the best way. And I mean, look, if you're comfortable enough to talk, to tell your friends or your family that you're looking to go to, to go to therapy, you can ask them if they know of anyone. And typically if they don't know someone directly, they know someone that knows someone that knows someone, you know, that kind of thing. Um, because I think referrals are the best personally, but if you're not comfortable, um, then I would do some Googling. I would research, um, just literally through Google and make sure to read their reviews. If there are ratings, I don't know how that works, but reviews and like what they're all about, what they specialize in. If you're looking for a couples counselor, you know, look for someone that might specialize in that versus someone who maybe specializes in adolescence, you know, so just kind of just do your research. Um, for sure. Uh, what if you just don't feel like going one day? Do you force yourself? Okay. So I've totally been there. Um, lately I've been very like every time I have my call with Stephanie, I am like so ready. I have so much I want to talk about and cover, but there were times I actually remember maybe one, maybe two specific times within the past couple of years with Stephanie, who Stephanie, I love, as you know, I, I talk about her all the freaking time, but I wasn't in the mood. I just, I either, whether I was just having a bad day, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, had my period, was bloated and fucking like, you know, PMSing and just wasn't in the mood or I was blah, or there was a work thing or a family thing. There could be a million reasons why you're not in the mood. And one of those times, and it may have been the one time that I had this where I just really, I did not want to go. I wanted to cancel, but I was like, you know what? First of all, out of respect for your therapist, I mean, typically they'll have like a 24 hour cancellation policy. It was definitely within 24 hours. And even if I could have done that, cause I never do that. And she would have probably forgiven me and it would have been fine. I felt bad about doing that, but also sometimes I feel the days you don't want to go are the days you need to go. And even, I can't remember specifically, but being in that session, I might not have been as talkative because I wasn't really in the mood. There wasn't anything specific to talk about in my mind, even though there was a shit ton going on because it was during everything last year. But there was a, I just, I wasn't in the mood. I was not in the mood to talk coming from someone who loves to talk. So I just, uh, but I went, I didn't cancel. I went and 
I think I'm sure the session was great and all the sessions with her are great. So I think to answer your question succinctly, uh, I would say when you don't feel like going, force yourself to go. First of all, think about it like you might lose money or there might have been a cancellation policy. And second of all, remind yourself that you might not want to go for reasons you need to go for, if that makes sense. And if it's just because you're not in the mood, well, we have those days. But still go. You'll get something out of it, even if it's something little. It can't hurt. It can only benefit you. Um, so I would say force yourself, yes. Force yourself. Okay, next question. Do you think anyone can benefit from therapy, even if they don't have something, quote, specific to talk about? 100%. Um, as I said, I guess I'm sorry. I've answered some of these questions in my little intro. Um, but yes, even if you don't have something specific to talk about, absolutely go. There will be something to talk about. I promise. I promise. Um, something you might have never even thought about. It, it, and it might not even be something serious. Who knows? But yes, anyone can benefit from therapy. Anyone. Um, and I think the people who are a little more stubborn about going to therapy, we all have those in our lives, right? Um, are the ones that need to go the most. Or maybe I should say that a little differently. Are the ones that could benefit the most from going. Okay. Uh, why do you think there's such a stigma around therapy? I know it's not as bad as it once was, but there still is. Why? Oh, I wish I had the answer. I wish I had like the, the concrete answer I could tell you. But honestly, I, uh, I don't know if there's a concrete answer. I think a lot of it is just um, media. Uh, you know, what we see in the movies, TV shows, as a society, what people, what has just been as a society, the general thought on it from way back, I'm talking tens and tens and tens and twenties and thirties and forties of years, hundreds of years ago, what the um, stigma was around it. And that just trickles down into the, or up, whatever you want to say it into the next, uh, well, I guess you can't trickle up. It'd be trickling down like the trickle down theory. Should we talk economics 101? Just kidding. Um, but then it trickles to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. Hallelujah. You know, anyway, and the next generation. And so I really think that's a huge part of it. I think there's so many movies and or maybe not so many. I don't know. But there are movies and TV shows. Where, you know, there's like black and white movies and TV shows that I certainly don't watch, but I know of them. And there are literally people in what they called loony bins or nut houses which are really like, or insane asylums, like which are really psychiatric hospitals, like mental hospitals. Sorry, I'm looking outside and I swear I just saw something flying in my back. Hold on, I'm going to turn on a light. I think that's part of it um, that these, that this was seen, you know, that, oh, she's a nut job. She's in the loony bin. She's crazy. Like, you know, and and I think we saw, I think that started like it was in movies or TV shows or whatever. Or just back then, they didn't have the terminology or the or the um, maybe the enough information, enough research done to really explain that you're not crazy just because you know X Y because you you have X Y and Z. No, first of all, it's all it, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain when something like that's really wrong. And I don't know. I just think it's how it's kind of like. Um, let me think of another example. Um, Okay, how about this? So there is a big movement and a big push for, you know, body positivity, you know, beautiful at any size, which is all so great, which is amazing. Huge, huge steps forward in that um, industry in, in, in a positive direction. 
But think about where that all came from because supermodels for so long were just rail thin. And yes, of course, there are still rail thin supermodels, but there are also average size models or normal size models or oversized or plus size models or whatever all the, the terms are. But for so long, that's what we saw and that's what we associated with, you know, uh, you know, fashion and, 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 and modeling and beautiful. And it, it, it would be slapped on the cover of a magazine, you know, one of the glossy magazines saying like, blah, blah, you know, beautiful at a, uh, at a size zero. And, you know, of course there are still magazines now that say like drop three sizes in a week. How do you do that? That'd be great if I could do that. But, you know, so there are, it's not like the world's a perfect place where, Everyone's on the same page about that, but we have come a long way in terms of that, in terms of, you know, the, um, you know, body positivity and all of that. But think about where that came from. It's because the cover of magazines or what you would see in the movies and, and walk in the runways. And so in terms of mental health and therapy, I kind of think it's similar, not necessarily that it was plastered across the front of a magazine, but Hey, maybe it was, but more in like movies and TV and maybe newspapers and articles. Um, and, and just what the connotation was when you heard the word, therapy or mental health or psychiatrist or, you know, something like that. And I just think over time it like, it becomes one of those things where you're almost like not even thinking and just people talk about it in a certain way. And then, um, and then the next people talk about it a certain way. And then the people they talk to talk about it a certain way. And I honestly think that's what it is. And I also think it's not necessarily you. It's the other person when, when someone feels uncomfortable, about something that you might be talking about or you might be going through, sometimes they don't know how to react. They, it, it, and that's now, I'm not saying back in the day, like rather than someone, you know, asking out, you know, out of uh, coming from a place of curiosity, well, like, oh, that that's really interesting. I'm not sure I totally understand because I haven't been in your shoes, but I'd love to learn more. Like, can you explain? It, rather than coming from that place, it it's more like, maybe there's judgment or they just start feeling really uncomfortable and then they'll talk negatively about it. And, and they don't, they might not even know they're talking negatively about it. And it just becomes kind of this like merry-go-round or, um, Ferris wheel merry-go-round. They both go in circles. Um, with, and it, no one's like stopping it to just like think and talk about actually what it is. I'm not sure if this is making sense. This, I really need Stephanie right here because everything I just said, she would be able to articulate it back perfectly. Um, so I guess bottom line, my opinion is that the stigma came from years ago. I'm talking years and years and years and years and years and years ago. And it's just something that was there and kind of stuck. Luckily, we have come a long way as a society. But there are still stigmas in you know, maybe certain parts of the country or whatever, certain people about therapy. But I do think we've come a long way. So I just think maybe that's what it is. Like people, it was what people talked about because they didn't have enough information about it back then. And uh, and that just kind of became what it was until people got enough information and started changing the dialogue on that. And I kind of think that's what it was. Um, so God, I hope that answered it was a long winded answer. And I think, sorry, by the way, I think also to every, anyone that talks openly about therapy, I'm obviously very open about therapy. And a lot of people have said like, thank you for having this conversation. I know I don't have millions of followers. I, I know I'm like a little, a little like peanut in the world of, in the huge world of Instagram and, and, and social media and whatever. But I feel like even just even if, even if the conversation I'm having benefits or helps even just like one person that I'm happy because I feel like 
every person that kind of changes their tune on therapy or starts talking about it in a more positive way is amazing, even if it's just one person. So I think if you want to help like shed this stigma and get rid of the stigma, just start having conversations about it. And if you're not really clear on all of it, ask questions, ask questions from a, a, from a curious place, not from a judgmental place. Okay. Um, how do I get my husband? Okay. Yeah. How do I get my husband to agree to go to therapy with me? Been there. Uh, okay. So I assume, uh, you asked him and he said no. And so now we're here. Yeah. Look, some people, and I don't know why this is, don't get in my case about this. I feel in my world of the people I know, women are much more inclined to go to therapy and pro therapy than men. I don't know why. I don't know the reason for that. Don't get on my case about men, women, men, men, men. Like I'm just saying what I've what I've observed. So that's just a starting off point. Look, if you've asked him and he said no, maybe approach it a little differently. You guys, I keep seeing something in the backyard. I don't know what it is. Okay. When I wanted to go to therapy, so I was already going to therapy on my own. Matthew knew I was going to therapy on my own. That was no secret or anything. Um, I, I think, I honestly don't think Matthew put up a fight about it because we had gone to couples therapy one other time, like a couple years prior for like one or like two, three sessions. I did not like the therapist, um, or just, sorry, it didn't work with me. didn't work with us. Um, so this time he was like, he knew, I think he knew Deep down, even if he didn't want to admit it or see it, he knew we had stuff we needed to work on. And he knew our marriage could be in trouble. And so I think him knowing that helped because I don't think he put up a fight at all. I think I said, you know, I've been, you know, I've been going to therapy. I'd like you to come with me. I think maybe his first response, like the first response was, okay, why? Or not why? Not why? Because he knew maybe like, okay, specifically what do you want to talk about with her with the three of us you know so he wasn't super against it so I can't really speak from that place from experience but I will say if you if your husband or it could I mean this girl asked about her husband but it could be your wife it could be whoever or significant other whatever if your partner loves you or and cares about you and wants what's best for you and the relationship and you explain to them that going to therapy would be really important to you and would mean so much to you because of X, Y, and Z, it's, it would be hard for me to think that they would say no to that. Unless there's someone in their family had like a bad experience with therapy or I don't know, but I think you kind of have to, I think if they are so against it and it's that important to you, I mean, look, if it's not important to you and you just want to go because you think you should go and you don't really give a shit, that's a different story. But if you really want to go and you think there's stuff you guys can work on and it's that important to you and they don't want, they won't do that for you, I think you have bigger problems. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that's mean, but I just, I, if you explain why you want to go and, and that could be what it is. They might just not understand, well, why? We have nothing to talk about. Explain to them, well, we kind of do because we've worked on this and or I haven't been able to talk to you about this or put it more on you than them and say like, I feel I can't do X, Y, and Z and I've gone you know, alone to therapy, but I think it would be beneficial for you to be there as well so we could learn how to work on this together to better help me help us, you know, that kind of thing. And just explain it to them. I think you just have to explain it to them, communicate it to them, be 
freaking honest with them and and it could be a hard conversation to have it could be it was it, it took me three months I think of going to Stephanie alone before I actually approached I before I could actually approach Matthew to come with me like it's just it's hard it's hard to, the serious stuff it's hard to talk about but the stuff that's hard to talk about is the stuff you need to talk about like that's that's where the magic will happen when you start digging and un- uncovering all that shit so I would say if he doesn't or she doesn't want to go, um, I mean, look, you can't drag him. You can't drag him there. I mean, you could. Uh, if you do insta story that, that would be hysterical. But you can't. You, you guys, you guys got to talk to him and, and hope they change their mind and maybe give him some time. Give him some space. Maybe they say no. Explain it better to them. Um, you know, give him a little time to think about it. Like, don't don't be a pester. Don't be like every day. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Like, chill. And and they hopefully will come around. Um, is it awkward to open up about so much with a quote stranger? Yeah, it's fucking awkward. I mean, I don't know. I, again, I could talk to a wall about all the things, but it's still awkward because there's one thing about, look, yes, I'm an open book and I talk about all the things on Instagram stories and all that. And I, and I love it and that's great, but there's a difference talking about that. Even when I'm, you know, poking fun of myself or saying that I or being, you know, self-deprecating or whatever it is, there's a difference in that. When it's more for like, not entertainment, but just, you know, like it's more, it's a more Instagram stories. Come on. Let's think about what I'm talking about. Instagram stories. It's for fun. Um, Versus when you're with in a therapist's office and getting beyond vulnerable with A, someone you've never met. Like the first time you see them, you've never met them, most likely. And B, I mean, you have to, you can't just tell them the on the surface shit because then nothing's going to get done. I mean, there's no point to that. You, you really, and even if you can't share this, the deep and dirty and raw stuff, they will get it out of you. Trust me. When Matthew first started going to therapy, he had never been to therapy before I had been, but, and guys are different than girls. Most guys are different than girls in my experience in terms of communication and emotions and all that and how they're wired and whatever. But Stephanie got it out of him. It took a little time that she can, they, therapists are trained in this. They, this is what they do. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it can be a little uncomfortable, like sharing like your deep, dark secrets, but you also don't have to share everything in the first session. You can go a few sessions and share it over time. You don't have to share everything, but you don't lie to them because lying will not benefit you and you'll waste your money. So if you're lying to them or if you're lying to yourself, I don't think you that, that I think that's a whole nother thing you should be talking to the therapist about how you can't admit it, you know, whatever you can't admit. Um, but yeah, I guess it's a little awkward, but you kind of just have to push through the awkwardness. Like it's going to be a little uncomfortable and you just have to like push through it. Don't just stop. I think you just, the more you do it, the, the easier it is. I mean, for me, even with Stephanie, who I love and have been going to for a while now, I mean, yeah, now I can, you know, pretty much say whatever to her, but like at first I'm, I was a little guarded. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't think it was out of fear of judgment because therapists do not judge. And if they do, then get a new therapist. Um, but yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. You're sharing your life. You're sharing all these really personal things with someone who you don't know very well. So yeah, it might be awkward. I'll, I'll answer. Yeah, it might be awkward. And so what? You'll be fine. That's what Stephanie would say. So what? You'll be okay. Um, and just push through it and just know it'll get like more comfortable each time. Oh, I think this actually might be the final question. Yeah, it's been 45 minutes. Okay, so I'm going to answer this last question and then kind of wrap it up. I know that was, I think, like 10 questions, but I just, I don't want to do too many more because I don't, it's already going to be 45 minutes. And anyway, and I'll do a part two if you want me to do a part two, but I hope this kind of has been helpful. Anyway, okay, the last question, what's the biggest lesson slash takeaway you've learned from your therapist or from going to therapy? 
Ooh, that's a good one. Um, that is a good one. I mean, I looked at these questions before I started, but I didn't like, I don't like to think or script any, I don't want to think too much or script anything. Cause I like this being off the cuff. So I, I know I've seen the question. I just hadn't like formulated my thoughts on it yet. Is everyone drinking their wine by the way? Or if it's the morning, are you drinking your coffee? Are you, are you fully caffeinated and ready to rock the day? Okay. Um, I would say one of them, oh God, there've been so freaking many. I could write a book. Stephanie and I were talking about that in my session last week or this week, this past week about how, like when we've like talk about a, a topic and we kind of like, I have an aha moment. She's like, and there's your next book and there's your next chapter. Like, I think I could write a book on everything I've taken away from our sessions. One would be that no feeling is permanent. She taught me that very early on. And while of course, if I sat down and really thought about it, I know a feeling's not necessarily permanent, but I never had really thought about it that way. And it was during, obviously it was during all our stuff this past year, year and a half, two years that we've been talking, that I've been going to her. I think it's been a year and a half total that I've been going to her specifically. Anyway, um, and there were some icky moments during that and times, um, not even, this is separate even from having to do specifically with Matthew. I mean, things with family, friends, whatever, or with Matthew that I felt that I felt icky from. I don't know a better word for that. Um, that I felt kind of like just that, you know, that feeling in your stomach where it like, gets a little in knots, but it's like knots mixed with butterflies and it's just that like like you just want to like hide in a hole not hide in a hole really but and she would remind me no feeling is permanent you're you're gonna feel that way you might feel that way and that's okay that's totally okay like honor that that's okay it's not permanent you'll get through it and I think a lot of it was too because there would be during all this stuff and in general I have blah days we all have blah days days we're just met that are just kind of off we're just not on our I guess quote a game and life seems a little shitty I was talking to one of my best friends this past week and she had a really shitty day and she had a for no specific reason I mean there were probably reasons but she ended up you know kind of taking a mental health day if you will and like after she had to do the stuff she had to do she laid in bed for a couple hours and she needed that and anyway but the point is is that we have those days that are just like those days and they can suck they can suck so fucking badly it won't be permanent. I promise. And so it goes back to my really bad breakup. It goes back to anything, anything that no feeling is permanent. And when you're in the feeling, when you're in that moment, it feels like it's permanent and it feels like the end of the world. And it feels like your world might be crashing in on you, but just breathe and remind yourself it's not permanent. And so that was a biggie for me. Another one. And that actually goes back to the awkward thing. Like, is it awkward to talk to a stranger like about all these personal things? Yeah, it might be a little awkward, but that feeling won't be permanent. So whether the feeling's just there for the hour you're in the session or whether it goes away after a few sessions, it's not permanent. So you'll be fine. Um, another one and this kind of is goes right back to it too. So I guess it all has to do with this. I would say is sitting with discomfort is okay. Like don't necessarily run for run from it right now. Discomfort's a big thing I'm talking about with Stephanie, actually, um, for me personally and things that are, you know, a little uncomfortable or make me feel a little like, I don't know, just not like, I don't like the feeling of, and, and that's okay. Like the options, you know, you might have other options. You can run from it and like push it under the rug. You can, um, yeah, you, so you can ignore it or you can just kind of sit with it, like understand, like recognize that discomfort, that uncomfortable feeling. It's there. Okay. And now, and then, and, and it'll, it'll be okay. Like sit with it. Like it's, I guess, I guess it comes back to like, 
I don't know if this is also something just like in the movies and I'm all about the rom-coms and like the Hallmark movies. Oh my gosh. I fucking love the Hallmark movies. There's actually one on my screen now. It's paused. I'm going to finish it after the episode. Um, I think it's called like probably coming home for Christmas and it's probably with Candace Cameron and everyone who's always in the movies. God, I love the Hallmark channel. So it's very like life is not going to be life is not going to be Life is not a fairy tale. Life is not going to always be a Hallmark movie. You might have moments in your life that are Hallmark movie-esque, and that's awesome if you do. Like, enjoy those moments. Soak them up for all they are. But life overall is not going to be that. And I think for some reason, I don't know, maybe it just goes back to when we were younger and in preschool and the teachers always want you to be happy and they don't want you to be sad, but really it's okay to be sad. It's okay. It's sometimes actually great to be sad because then you really appreciate the good moments like so much, like so much more than you ever did. So I would say just, yeah, that whole sitting with discomfort and how it's okay. Like, yeah, it sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. It totally blows, but you're going to survive. You'll survive it. Like you'll be fine. And it's just kind of, it's kind of just being okay with not being okay and know that it's temporary. Basically. I would say those are two of the main things that I have taken away from her among many other things. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what I would say. It's just, it's okay. Not being okay. Don't run from it. Sit with it, breathe through it. You will get through it. Time literally heals everything. I think someone once asked me on an Instagram story when I did like that Q and a box or whatever, like advice about oh shit advice about a breakup or something and um and I I answered it a whole long thing and then I said time really heals everything and I know that's so cliche and so annoying to hear but looking back on my really bad breakup I mean I got through it like looking back I don't know how I fucking got through it but I, I mean I yeah it, it time heals every you just have to give it time sometimes with things situations people whatever you just have to give it time give it a little space just give it give it the time it needs all right guys I think I'm gonna wrap it up it's been about 45 or so minutes um okay so I answered a bunch of your questions I didn't answer them all I know but I didn't want this to be five hours long happy to do a part two if you want me to do a part two just please let me know if you do want me to do a part two if you don't want me to do a part two that's fine because I'm sick of my own voice right now too and I can't wait to go finish my wine and watch Hallmark Channel anyway thank you guys so much for listening and I really, really, really hope this resonated with you. And if not with you, I hope you'll forward it along to a friend or a family member or a colleague or someone that might need to hear this or be reminded of this, that therapy is great. Mental health is okay to talk about. We're all probably suffering or struggling or, or dealing with things that might be a little like scary to actually uh, verbalize, but I could almost guarantee it that if you verbalize it, the person you're verbalizing it to, even if they're not dealing with that exact thing, they're dealing with something else. No one knows what goes on behind closed doors. Instagram is a highlight reel. You, everyone has stuff. So to be, do, just do not, to be ashamed of, of that or to be ashamed of the fact that you might be going to therapy or you might have to be on medicine or you're dealing with X, Y, and Z or your sister's brother, cousin has X, Y, and Z. And, but, but there's no need to be ashamed. Everyone is dealing with something and it's what makes us all different and, and, and just, and don't, you're doing great. We're all doing the best we can. And I have to remind myself of this sometimes. We're all doing the best we can just don't be so hard on yourself. We're all dealing with stuff. And if we're not all dealing with it in this current moment, the, the person next to you will be dealing with it in three weeks. 
I promise. So I guess I just hope this episode and this conversation sheds a little more light on therapy for those that are really unfamiliar with therapy and even those that are familiar with therapy that might not talk about therapy a lot. Like I just hope this resonates and with someone with, with more than with a lot of you. I feel like I have to say as, as a disclaimer, I am not a therapist. I'm not, I'm not a licensed health professional. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. These are just my thoughts and my opinions and my feelings and my experiences and my takeaways. I am not a doctor or anything like that. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Julie Lauren's not a doctor. Oh dear gosh. Um, but if you do, in all honesty, if you do feel like you are struggling with something and there's no one to talk to, there are places to get help and people to call and people to talk to, um, professionals to talk to. So definitely speak to your, your doctor, your healthcare provider, your own therapist. If you do feel like something's going on, I am not a licensed professional. Uh, but I do hope this episode helps. I really appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the support on hashtag no filter. Always. If you haven't subscribed, please do. I know everyone says it at the end of their podcasts, but it is the amount of subscribers you have. It is really important. And the amount of downloads is really important, uh, for your rank things and just, you know, I love doing this and I've heard back from a lot of you that you love it too. And I want to keep doing it and, and to be able to do more live shows and events and things. And so the more you subscribe and download and rate it and leave reviews, the reviews help so much, the more I can do more of this and get bigger guests on and all the things. So sorry to bore you with all that, but I really do appreciate every like ever, not like, well, likes too, but every subscriber, every review, they all help so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it more than you know. You can always find me on Instagram at Julie Lauren 14. Let's, let's continue the conversation there and I will be back very soon. Bye. Hey America, Christopher Hahn here, the aggressive progressive podcast. What is with the president and the right wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay at home orders around the country? It's ridiculous and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.